Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. Can taking the contraceptive pill for a long period affect my future fertility? No, straight answer no. So there was a point in time, probably 20 years ago, when there was something called post-pill amenorrhea. In other words, when you stop the pill, your period didn't come back and the pill got blamed for that. Now, in fact, there is no difference between women that have taken the pill and have not once you get past six months. So in the first six months of trying after being on the pill, whether it's only for two or three months or whether it's for 12 years, there is often a delay in re-establishing ovulation. In that sense, yes, it can slightly delay getting started. But if you take women, and the big population studies have shown it, once you get past six months, the fertility rate is identical to the general population. Okay. Uh, Prof, I actually have a question. You know where you put in the sperm at one end of the swimming pool, as it were, the proverbial pool, and you check to see which one's made it to the other end, the Olympians. Does that actually produce greater likelihood of success rates than a normal? What we compare is, if you're comparing pregnancy rates, a couple that have been trying for 12 months where everything is normal and they haven't got pregnant, their chance of getting pregnant each month, which started out when they first tried to get pregnant at 30, at about 15 to 20% per month. After 12 months of trying, it drops to around 4 or 5%. So when we take women who've been trying and are down to 4 or 5% per cycle, if we do IUI, we push it back to 15 to 20%. Wow. Now, that's still a lot less than IVF in a 30-year-old because one cycle of IVF will take you up around 40% chance of a baby at the end of the day. And is that because it removes all the various... Um, variables that I mean I think it works for two reasons one is we've been monitoring the cycle we've been tracking it we know the day that the woman is ovulating secondly we generally do it with medication to stimulate more than one egg being produced not lots and lots um, because we don't want sex tuplets but um, and in fact we abandon cycles if we've got too many likely to have too many eggs because we don't want sex tuplets so we've timed it properly we get with maybe more than one egg around the place. We're taking the sperm, we're picking out the best of it, and we're putting it inside the womb. So it's halfway home. So those all contribute to why it probably works. Another question we have here is, do you have a donor or surrogacy program? We certainly have a surrogacy program. What we don't have is access to surrogates. You have to find your own surrogate. Once you've found someone who will carry your baby for you, we are very comfortable taking you through that process. Now, there are organisations around Australia. Surrogacy Australia is one of them if you go onto the internet, uh, who do have access to people who are prepared to be surrogates. There, is a, there are ways. In terms of donor 
eggs, as I was saying earlier, we are trying to recruit egg donors at the moment. And, and I know that we've had half a dozen in the last six weeks or so, who've, women who've come forward to the social media campaign we've been running. But there's a waiting list of 20 or 30. You may not get you know, immediately get there. We're also in the process of doing the legal documentation to obtain eggs from the United States. So that's another potential option in the going forward in this year. So yes, we do run programs and obviously donor sperm we do have and have done for you know, 30 years. Here's another one. Can IVF be used to choose my baby's gender? This is quite a contentious one. <laughs> well, the answer is technologically, yes, it can. And in a number of countries around the world, it is illegal. Uh, sorry, it's legal. <laughs> it's not illegal, actually. The truth is it's not illegal. But unfortunately, in Australia, our Ethical Guidelines Committee of the Australian Government has, to date, not allowed social sex selection. Out of the question, at some point in the future, as, as the community moves in its, as we do on ethical issues, um, to believe that it's okay, provided it's done under strict control within IVF units. And I've certainly been a strong advocate over the years to try and get that changed. I personally believe that if you have two children of a particular sex and you desperately want to have another one, and indeed I've seen many couples who say they will never have another child unless they could tell, say that the sex was that, that was a particular one. So the answer is no in Australia. US, it's okay. Greece, it's okay. South Africa, I think it's okay because there hasn't been any law made against it. The problem is when the lawmakers get onto it, they listen to the most conservative people, Catholics and the right-wing people who are worried that we're going to change the world by uh, choosing the sex. But, you know, the interesting statistics out of Australia before those changes, laws, guidelines changed, before 2004, the one clinic in Australia that did sex selection on, in the very early days of genetic testing of embryos, the number of males and the number of females being requested was absolutely identical. So all those fears about us having only males is just not correct. I hope it comes because I think I see many couples who really are distressed um, by not being able to choose the sex. On to the next question that has been submitted. Do fertility drugs have crazy side effects? Well, I think we sort of answered that before in relation to mood uh, changes. And the answer is no. So the drugs that we, that we use, the follicle-stimulating hormone is the main one to make sure that we get lots of eggs growing. It's basically the same hormone that your brain produces every month. It's in higher concentrations, but is not. Uh, it has no specific impact. It, however, does drive the ovaries to produce more estrogen those hormone levels are higher and some people would say that that it may have an influence on mood but my take on all of this is that anxiety that craziness that's being talked about is about the stress of wanting to be pregnant and hoping that this will work here's an interesting one i'm not sure i want to get pregnant right now but i'm concerned about leaving it too late how do i know if i will be able to have children okay well it's pretty straightforward what's your age because that is the, is the single common denominator of prediction. I know I've said this in other podcasts, but what we know is that if you're 30 years of age, then your chances of getting pregnant in one month on your own, if everything's normal, are something in the order of 15 to 20% in the first few cycles of trying. It drops up after 12 months. If you're 40, the chances of being pregnant in one month on your own is something more like 3 or 4%. 
So that's what's happened. So age is the biggest determinant of chances of success. One of the big changes in the last five years internationally and in Australia is that women who don't want to get pregnant now and are reaching their early to mid-30s are now freezing eggs because it's the egg quality that declines with age. That's why the 3 or 4% versus the 15 to 20% over that 10-year period. That quality of egg by freezing them is preserved. So it does improve the chances when you get to 40 using those eggs rather than your own. Is a strategy that is increasingly being used. I provide that service and the clinic does and we can take you through it. But basically it's an IVF cycle. It's not a total panacea. It's not a guarantee. And you have to have a good number of eggs to make it worthwhile. And I certainly don't recommend it for women over 40 because even if we got 10 or 20 eggs, 80 or 90% of them are actually going to be abnormal. And that's why that pregnancy rate gets so low naturally and with IVF um, going forward. I get asked every week by women over 40, can't you do something to improve my egg quality? And I say to them, if I knew that, I would be a billionaire tomorrow (laughs) because there are thousands, I would say probably millions of women around the world who are trying to get pregnant in their 40s, struggling, knowing that more than 40% of them are never going to have a baby, despite trying and trying and trying. There are some hopeful signs in the scientific world that we might be moving in a direction that helps. The basic egg issue is that the way the chromosomes line up before fertilization is disordered in all of these eggs as you get older or increasingly disordered. And it's that disordered, we believe, because of the energy sources within the egg, a bit like a battery running down. What people have been trying to do is work out ways of revving up the battery or improving its long life. <laughs> and certainly in mouse work, one of my research fellows has shown that in old mice, given particular medications, which aren't available in the human yet, that by doing giving them those those medications, which we know rev up the energy sources generally in the body and particularly in the eggs, old mice are producing as big a litters, which is a measure of fertility, as young mice. So we're getting somewhere, but we're not there yet. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.